Namaste viewers from Jaipur Dialogue USA and Jaipur Dialogue India. Today we must we are going to talk about the much talked about dismantling global Hindutva agenda that some of the people, the misguided souls, if I may say so, were indulging in. That got dismantled with a fiery but very determined response by Hindus all over the world. And you know, I know about America, so where it happened big time. Having done that, a thought occurred to my mind. So we succeeded in uniting and dismantling that entire agenda. Where do we go from here now? Is this one evening party over and we wait for the next such agenda to emerge to act? Or shall we get into a proactive mood to do something more positive? To discuss this matter with me, I have great pleasure in welcoming this is Vyata Pandeji, who is a political analyst and a former major multinational company brand strategy and media head. And I am picked up a very important part of your persona, that you are a proud organ donor. So that shows a wonderful part of your life. And then second one is Abhas Madliarji, Madliarji and who is uh, an author columnist and a self-declared ex-Marxist who has uh, written a book, Modi Again, which is going to come shortly. And it is incidentally, for full disclosure purposes, happens to be all three of us are Biharis. So it is virtually a Bihari by Chakra. <laughs> so let's, let's kind of share with the entire story with the world. Where do we go from here? Many people say we don't have to dismantle anybody. All that we have to do is to spread the message of Hinduism, the message of Sanatan, to make ourselves more seen, felt, heard, and known, I, like, I would prefer to call. So, Sujataji, I want to begin with you, not necessarily because it's ladies first, uh, but I want to begin with you because you have been on the political side as well as the corporate side. So as a corporate strategist, if what would you recommend to the Hindus to do? Where do we go from here? What next? That's a favorite question of mine. Wherever we are, where do we go from here? What next? Um, thank you so much for inviting me to the show. It's been a, it's a pleasure talking. And it's one of my favorite topics. And why I'll say, I, I'll tell you why, is because uh, you know, my generation and the generation which is, you know, younger than me are all asking this question, where do we go from here? Not just, just about this particular conference. So I would go, I'd like to go, if you allow me, go back a little. Because before questioning, before asking ourselves, what do we go from this point? I think we should ask, where have we come from? Where are our roots? And what are we actually aiming to do? So I'll start with, with the first thing that Hindu Hindutva or Sanatan Dharam cannot be dismantled because uh, it's been existing from centuries. And that's a fact, that's a proven fact. That's no longer a mythology as, as to some of the scholars would like to say. It's, it's been existing before any of these isms came into existence at all. You know, they had absolutely no sign and proof of their existence when we existed. 
and this been now this has been now proven uh, another thing is that you know it it just not existed it also evolved it's like water it took shape it took size but with the same dna of those saptrishis you know which which spoke of inclusiveness which spoke of vasudev kutumbakam so that is very very and why i wanted to talk about is because today we are we youngsters are all confused about what is our religion what what do we do where do we go and study uh, if someone is questioning our ideology someone is questioning our ethos someone is questioning uh, and dividing us based on hard hinduism hindutva versus soft hindutva where do we begin from so i think we when we must go back to our roots and understand first who we are and why years and centuries of conversion you know subjugation could not even dismantle hindutva they could not even dismantle hindutva when they burned our temples they could not dismantle hindutva when they converted uh, when they uh, they could not even dismantle hindutva for when they made us slaves because hindutva you know like in ramayan uh, once marich uh, you know Ra- ravan has a conversation with marich and he says uh, how do i kill rama to marich says you cannot kill rama because rama is not a, not just a man he is a concept so hindutva for that matter is a concept and we must understand that so when you say where do you go go back from there so i would see it in hindutva i would divide it uh, and like you said somebody says uh, that iske bare mein baat hi kyu karni hai why do we have to talk about dismantling why do we not talk about that we all what we already have let's start talking about it i say both have to go together hand in hand because it is a multi level approach that we have to because one we have lost touch with our roots and another we have to be prepared for what's coming next and it has to go together so at a family level we have to start knowing that what family meant how do we bring back hindu culture hindu text hindu scriptures hindu uh, rituals hindu stories hindu uh, you know verses the the mantras etc back to the family and not when the child is ready to go to the college and and you know he's going to the the us and then you say Uh, oh you please if you are going to us but please don't leave hinduism follow my rituals no when a child is just learning started to learn you have to start from there in fact we should start from where we two people come together understand the concept of marriage why two people have come together all of that according to sanatan dharma then you have to come to the social level where you have to understand that dismantling is not happening in these institutions you know that they have been doing from last whatever how many years you know that this propaganda has been going on dismantling is if at all it is happening or if if you for the loss of a better word it is happening in our villages it is happening in our tribal areas it is happening in the people who are feeling left out so we have to first you know stitch it together we have to stop this discrimination in whichever shape size and color it is existing in uh, in the name of caste in the name of creed in the name of religion whatsoever in our villages in our houses in our neighborhoods in our country you know there and then you come 
to the economical part of it i can say teach and you know, talk here that you know we should start going back to our roots we should go, we should start gurukul we should we should start learning vedas we should uh, we should know uh, what are we capable of and how scientific is our our religion and tell it to the young generation but they will not believe it if we don't first of all make them understand with logic because today's generation is a generation of questions they will ask you questions you can't tell them a story and say believe it because my great grandfather told me this or it has been written so you have to give them a correlation between the science and the logic and the text and the uh, and our scriptures or whatever is propagated so having said that and also make it financially viable because if they go back to the roots what do they get back in return yes it's it's easier said than done oh there there's been lot of you know for for the sake of dharma we should go back to the uh, to our roots we should start learning vedas we should we should uh, start uh, following our sanatan dharma's ethos but will that give them a ticket to oxford will they will that give them a ticket to harvard or similar institution here in india if at all we 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 develop something on the on the lines of nalandas and all which we once had so we have to make it economically and financially and job wise viable as well you know and so, then so you, you have you have said uh, sorry you are repeat you are going ahead please sorry, go ahead. please complete your so yeah. and then and then of course we have to start questioning the elephant in the room are we as a nation truly a secular nation do we really need it is it relevant in our context as a sanatani uh, rashtra as a majority which one who one who already believes in vasudev kutumbakam and no sarve sukhina bhavantu sarve bhayantu niramaya do we really need it or is it a copy paste it is time to call out this copy paste word called secularism which essentially meant separation of church and this and the uh, government which doesn't even apply to us No, you brought about you you brought about a lot of uh, issues here, and I I guess that I give you the platform. You could be speaking for hours on this, so it's good to have. And we have to, you know, this this gives me a thought process that we have to change and adapt to things new that are happening. You know, like whether our studies are going to get people the material welfare that everybody is looking for. So Abhasi, coming to you on this issue. Uh, the dismantling thing which what attracted what uh, drew my attention to was when audrey talked about in a tweet invitation for that conference to understand the power and threat of hindutva so i you know it it made me chuckle it made me laugh and it got me angry what power or what threat are we talking about right do we actually pose a threat to anyone what kind of a power structure do we have whether from india or here that you know just because we have uh, many indians who are ceos of the company and because 1.3 billion people in a committee of nations where there are 150 christian countries and 50 plus muslim countries how does one hindu country become a threat to the global peace so as the saying goes a fool is one who doesn't learn even from his own experience so what have we learned from this and i believe we are not fools we are much wiser than that where do we go from here is the same question where do we go from here now abhasi 
So, uh, yeah, Audrey tweeted about the threat, how Hindutva is a threat, and a lot of people on the day one started about uh, talking about the Hindutva, and gradually it all boiled down to that other term that is Hindu plus ism, Hinduism. And uh, at the day one, when it was cited, and there were a lot of opinions brewing around that perhaps. Okay, let's be quiet because it's attacked to the Hindutva, which is the Hindu nationalism, and it has nothing to do with the Hindu plusism. And why people have not got so inflated uh, when the attack was directly on the Hinduism? Then I had said that, you know, today they are talking about Hindutva, but actually the building of hate, what they are building, where the facade is the Hindutva as a term, but deliberately with the time they will go on to attack and the core or the foundation of this building lies in the hate for what we know as Hindu plusism. Introducing 1830s through FA So Hinduism was not actually the word, so that's why I'm saying it's Hindu plusism. Now again, this I, I the way they have been meddling with the ideas right from beginning. Whether uh, actually if I trace back to the pattern in the history. It all comes with the idea of racism, that how the curse on the ham had actually created the idea of the racism in the Christian theology, which on, uh, then racism, race theory developed as a complete science. When Bernier spoke about the racism, then Kant has his own theories about the races and deliberately the Hindus were talked about. Hindus, for them, it was a geographical connotation that time too, uh, when they were talking about it. So what actually happens is that uh, the question is that whom do we pose the threat to? The problem is that we don't pose any threat to anyone. And that's the biggest threat to those guys. Because uh, as I had spoken the last time that uh, it is all about a nexus. And that nexus is about uh, the, the unholy nexus of the church, communists and the armed dealers. And for the armed dealers to run their business, they need the insurgencies and for the insurgencies they need the least of the Hindu ideas the more the Hindu ideas will be there the least of the insurgencies will be there so it's more of a commercial angle to it as well and I always believe and I, my analysis always lets me conclude also that this whole academia is one of the arm of this whole uh, whole nexus while the armed dealer being the other one. They both buttress each other in this whole journey where they're building this building of the hate which buttressed upon with these two uh, basic sources. Now, yes, are we really dismantling that or uh, we are really constructing something? So again, we are getting into the may of the world. Like I saw a few tweets also where it was said that uh, we are not supposed to dismantle or whatever. I always believe and I have always said that uh, like I have always stood against the idea that Hindutva is only the idea which is uh, something that registers. I have always compared Hindutva with or rather the Hinduism or Hindu idea with water. Something which just takes the form relative to the temperature of the climate it is in. When the climate will be hot, definitely I will need uh, a cold water. The temperature needs to come down. When the temperature is really lower, I need warm water. 
it doesn't mean that h2o is separate or it became something else it is still h2o right but does the thing happen mm -hmm. so this exactly was what hindutva has always been now we have to get off the track from uh, these notions of lexicons the words and the terminologies and we need to focus on the right ideas the right idea is to really understand that where do we uh, where we are currently standing right now we see that uh, a lot of hindu awakening did happen post 2014 and i have no shame in addressing it though a few days back and there were a lot of uh, backlash on so when i wrote it on twitter that from 2014 onwards there's a lot of hindu awakening among the people and i see that uh, from 2019 onwards this has really strengthened a lot more which is very important and i see that the very positive changes are coming and we have been able to hit right where it's required to be hit like uh, it um, for last two years before two years the things were not so pro prosperous in terms of the the material which we are creating the kind of material which are being created by from our side like for example j sai deepak's book where he has written uh, the book where he has given the whole construct of how the mind is still colonized and how the colonization happened and all those ideas are really brewing up then in terms of biography so, uh, vikram sampath had come up with this beautiful book on the savarkar he just finished it again on the other side of the politics pavan verma has come up with a beautiful book on the great hindu civilization so i see that some very important resurgent ideas are really brewing up and this is something which was uh, uh, which was lacking quite a few years back we all had certain rage we all had certain um, um, activism but activities were not happening so uh, the, the ground has been set we need to build upon it and further get a bit on to the offense when i say offense it means that i want to follow the exactly the model of the colonialist right now like i have started looking also into the idea of how islam started and i have been questioning that you know there was no makkah and there was so my idea is something very different i have been i have begun to look into the ideas of christianity as well and i have been challenging the idea whether jesus existed or not so so i am i am challenging every like what happens is that to, if someone asks you that what is i am taking this from the works of dr ck raju if someone asks you that what is your date of birth you say particular year so what is that year that year is nothing say i am born in 1988 so 1988 means 1988 from ad it is anno domini the year of the lord so we are still so much colonized we just need to we are loudly stating that yes it's the era of the christianity and there are a lot more things so we need to really do some very serious working on the decolonizing project and it should not happen with the rages but it needs a lot of literary works and a lot of uh, academic works and a lot of uh, research based constructs which needs to pour in Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that is that brings me to the subject matter which you, uh, both of you have brought out very clearly, that we need to change, we need to adapt. And one of the, my favorite quotes of Eric Hoffer is, is that in the times of change, in times of transformation, the learned keep are equipped with the knowledge that is no longer relevant. 
but the one who adapts, he survives. So he contests the theory of survival of the fittest to the theory of a pro a proposition that it is, it is the one who adjusts fastest is the one who actually survives. Coming back to the same thing, you know, I was talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the how to propagate and how to establish ourselves. What I find is, you know, the basic question that comes to my mind is, why do people fear us, hate us? Why there is so much phobia, which has converted itself into a messiah? Where do we fit in? If you want to change, and we give this actual example in our corporate world, that if you ever done painting of your house or your room, you have to ensure first to remove the old paint, to so scrape the past, the old paint, before the new paint can be put in. Otherwise, the new paint will also peel away with the old one. So we have to do some scraping off of our own way, the way we are. We need to scrape away some of the old fissures that exist on our body politic. And which I find is very important is we do not confront the truth. We don't even ask the question. Abhaji was talking about it. So Sujataji, you know, what I, what I find is that our Vedic principles are very scientific, are remarkably scientific, which comes into direct conflict with the fear and ignorant driven organized religion that exists. Right, but they are very organized, they are organized for a purpose. We are not organized because we believe this is the world that it is. So, here is a very important pointer which came to my mind the climate change. You now, people ridicule us when we say Dharti Mata, right? But climate change is all about saving the planet, isn't it? And I tell my American friends and others that if all if you want to have authentic peace in the world. All that you have to do is to adapt Sanatani and Hindu philosophies, even if you don't want to convert. And that is respect and acceptance. Accept the fact that Dharti is a Mata. Why we call Dharti Mata? Because it's mother's resources who we, 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 we use. It is mother gives us the resources without even asking a question. Her love for us, for all her progenies, is absolutely unfettered. How do we take that message forward what organized effort we need to do even if not necessarily institution building where must we change internally to do that externally is it only for um, environmental issues are you no, asking no, no, the no, question you for your subject. My, my thought my panel is open you can pick your thought i gave you an example of uh, the climate change that's it so, you know, uh, not only just climate change, so like, like I said, it can't be a unilateral, uh, unidirectional approach. It has to be a multi-directional, multi-level strategy. And I would call it strategy because if not now, when? You know, the kind of things <laughs> that we see. Yes. If not now, when? In, when? When? Because we have, you know, in 60 years, if you say, sorry, 60, 70 years, 75 years of independence, uh, you see, we have been completely, we've forgotten Sanskrit. Where is Sanskrit today? Absolutely gone. We have no trace of it. It, it is not required. It is, it is not even uh, an optional subject. So you see, we have to wake up. And Sanskrit is just one little example of it, you know. Uh, whatever, we have to act. We have to now come together. We have to 
come together for and we have to decide our issues you know because everybody is carrying a flag of hindutva which is of of different shades and with different agenda we have to prioritize which is a bigger agenda is the bigger agenda uh, is talking about hindu or sanatan dharm and establishing the philosophies of it on reclaiming your lost morale because it is the it was your morale which was broken it was the morale which was which was broken by colonizing our minds like what i just said that you know our minds are so colonized in every aspect every aspect right from uh, our systems our our judicial system our law law our you know the the terminologies that we call the the people who we think that they have done well enough like our minds are still very very colonized so we have to start calling it out like for example some of the things that are that you read in the um, books uh, while we are growing up is about sati system uh, you read about uh, child uh, marriage and things like that and it is made you know it is it, it is written in a way that the children who come out of those schools and call, you know and read after reading those those books they feel that hey you know my culture was very oppressive my culture was not respectful to women whereas uh, whoever tells me that you know oh you know there was a movement and you know how sati sati movement was sorry sati sati system was stopped and how it was rampant in india i have only one question when dashrath died did all the three rani become sati where is where in any of our ancient scriptures texts it's mentioned that once raja died the rani went sati you have one example one instance of madhuri in in mahabharat that too she did it by swaksha because she knew that she would not be able to do what kunti did and that was her own choice another about another thing about the the girl child education and and why i am talking this dj is because uh, when i do clubhouses uh, on uh, on weekdays and all all of that you know a forum called global indians we get lot of these young people who are who have gone to the universities in india and outside and these are the simple little things that are thrown at them to feel them ashamed of their own roots to to propagate self hate to talk you know to tell them that hey you come from a caste privileged society <coughs> whereas the person doesn't even know what the caste is and the the easiest way to to make you believe is is give you stories fabricated stories of sati system fabricated stories of uh, child marriages was sita sita married at the age of 3 was sita not educated who went with raja dashrath in in devasur sangram why why do we have all the three devis you know the devi the devi of knowledge is saraswati the devi of wealth is lakshmi the devi of of everything you know bravery and uh, whatever you you name it is durga why is why durga was created when there were men all around there were men gods right they were they were all the three three devs were there isn't it so the basic uh, like you said the uh, the the environment when we say uh, dharti mata when we when we go and watch our rivers 
when we say burger ka peed mat kaato you know and then when we say you know tree also has life you know we go and worship tulsi it is all part of our system so we have to now be so like this is why i said you have to bring these two ends together they are right now in isolation one is the scientific bent of mind one is our ancient rituals and texts and heritage and scriptures and whatever we have believed and seen yeah we have to bring it together for the young generation to understand and defend them when they will be questioned of their roots that's very well said uh, it's important for us to recognize that education creating <coughs> the knowledge our ancient knowledge you know for you refer to saraswati lakshmi and uh, durga you know i have always said to my western colleagues i always say that i said if ever there was uh, an example of gender equality it exists in our faith shiva and parvati are the ardhanarishwar original examples of gender equality right the whole concept of ardhanarishwar it exists because we respect that part of it don't go by the you know burst of an uh, you know unfortunate events <coughs> to say that we are the rape capital of the world coming back to abhas ji you know after sujata ji's need for us to educate people there is one thing that there are two things which i want you to comment upon one is the we don't propagate our values that our religion is actually actually the only authentic free liberal belief system whether you pray or you don't who you pray how many times you pray whenever you pray we have complete freedom because in our concept we always talk about it doesn't matter who you are what you do defines you it's your karma that leads you to the next life and it's a very simple example here what i eat today how what i do today will determine my tomorrow so if i if i like a glutton if i consume 2 kgs of gulab jamun or to 4 kgs of you know biryani it will hurt my body i know where where i will be tomorrow right most likely so we know the future is all in our hands so we are scientifically based in terms of how what we do defines us whereas in other faiths and i say this whether you are christian or a muslim try to understand this you are made to believe you are demanded to believe that nothing else is true but what is in the book <clears throat> that who is so those people i have said this to my friends you have not experienced freedom we are free the second one is this is one thing that i want you to comment upon and the second one is a caste thing that that's a whole big issue that is one issue on which indians and hindus are attacked globally and i have an answer which i have given i have shared but we'll come to the caste thing but let, go ahead abhas ji your call yeah so uh, just picking on the point where sujata ji left uh, it's very important that uh, we really look back into our historical traditions and uh, historical tradition and precedents are always the best of the things for any project what you do i being an urban designer and an architect i always go back to the precedents of the case studies of the past to come out to certain result and i'm sure that it happens across all the professions so uh, when we look back at our history uh, and uh, there is always a conflict of ideas where in the past most of the indologists have made a claim that um, the hinduism and especially when you read about uh, the ideas in the period of the sati 
when the British were uh, really uh, suddenly the number which came up in the Bengal, which was 200x times than what was in the earlier times, the number suddenly went to the thousands, which were very minimal. Like you find a case into the 12th century, then you find in the 16th century, 17th century. It's very, you know, and again, it can be debated what was the case, what was the reason, but the numbers were not so ginormous as it was. Suddenly the number got multiplied by 200 times. So uh, somehow our Shastras also don't support this idea at all. And there is no such uh, idea that uh, the way it has been represented as to be. Now, as far as the liberalism is concerned, I always had a thought because again, liberalism perhaps might not translate to exactly something what we have to do in our own Indic tradition. But just because we are speaking in English, we are colonized. So let it be the liberalism. So I don't think for any of the liberal, uh, the uh, Hindu idea, no, nothing better than Hindu idea can be a better ally. Because when all the civilizations were actually misogynist, uh, whether you look for uh, the, the Egyptians, the Babylonians and everyone, if I just look at uh, my ancient text, uh, that is uh, Ramayana, and people don't, uh, and Ramayana is always said to be like, again, you know, Andre uh, Truske uh, has abused Ram like anything. But uh, it is a case in the uh, uh, in the second chapter of the Ramayana where the Vanvas is giving given to the Ram, and it's there in the Valmiki Ramayana. It's not from any version. So uh, the Brahmin Brahmin Valmiki says that you know when the Ram is going to the Vanvas, it's Sita who is going to sit on the throne. How would he she would have sat on the throne had she not been so capable enough? How a Brahmin in the back then. Forget that whether Ramayana history or not, but certainly a book was written at least 3,000, 4,000 years, um, whatever it may be. Uh, even if I go by the conservative thoughts of the leftists, it was written at least in 1,500 uh, BC, right? So when I say, th let's call it not 1,000 BC, 3,000 uh, 3, BP, that is before present. I'm just trying to avoid using BC and all those terms to decolonize myself. So uh, 3,000 before present. 3000 before present, a throne was offered to the, the queen, right? So this was our state of mind. Now, one thing is, one thing what is very different in our civilization, uh, which is unique, I would say, uh, that is uh, the, the bravery or the courage and the audacity of the thought which we all have. Like, uh, again, when I go back to the Vedas, uh, we have the thoughts uh, where we say that, you know, let the knowledge come from all the direction, right? when the people are living in the tribes and so many other things are there, you are very insecure about who is going to attack. And we are saying that let the knowledge drop in from whichever side it comes from. The Rig Veda, which is a central text, or let's not call central text because we don't have any central text. There, there are this Hindu philosophies which even went beyond Vedas, right? And uh, so the Rig Veda, and uh, we have that, uh, the creation hymn, where it talks about uh, it really questions the existence of the God and some white one might even interpret that it is talking about near Ishwarvat, perhaps maybe that it's, that can be interpretation too. But uh, there was no case of uh, someone has become uh, done a crime or something. When Adi Shankara came in and he said that I am the Shiva then, but uh, when someone came up the idea of what, uh, uh, Anil Haq, he was, uh, uh, the atrocities went on against him. So we have seen across the civilization that uh, it's the only Hindu civilization which has been very brave with the thoughts, 
the audacity has been very strong very bold with the given a standard of the time and what you find one thing common in all hindu school of thought is the free will which you never find in any other school of thought you pick from any civilization it's existent nowhere now coming to the sensibilities towards the, the ecosystem where we are living in doesn't it come from a thought that west gives gave us a vacuum cleaner but we had the concept of jhadu jhadu the broom which we use is because an ant shouldn't be killed you will never be killing an ant or many other things so our thoughts were very much someone may argue that it was because of limitation of the science but whatever it may be but uh, actually people never used to mop up mop that much in fact the broom was something which was actually in much of a practice so were all our practices it was very much centered around that there should be list of the deaths of the living creatures there was so much sensitivity about towards the environment the plants the animals like of course we everyone knows that we worship the animals and that's why we have seen in fact we see the ishwar everywhere and that's the whole idea and what really had always kept the outsiders confused that you know these guys come up with the idea of nirgun and sagun and despite that they all call themselves somewhat uh, some coming from a similar sect they all have the similar kind of gods everyone is worshiping brahm someone is worshiping in a sagun form someone is worshiping in a nirgun form so these ideas have always been a very revolutionary with respect to the ideas which have been existing in other parts of the world so it has always been the uh, the, the brave thoughts of us which has made the distinction and we need to pick on those lines and uh, we need to fix our lexicons which is very important that um, uh, we have to start uh, avoid using the uh, when we talk about say islam we need to use religion exclusively but when we are talking about hindu let's call it always dharma right uh, we have to be righteous on our part the moment we start we will begin to do it the course correction will slowly and slowly happen it will follow up so we need a quite a aggressive approach in terms of uh, really uh, bringing uh, uh, the uh, bringing in all sorts of ideas very boldly which defines and distinguishes our civilizations broadly from the rest of the world thank you thank you very much uh, sujatha ji i will come to you with a thought process uh, about we living in the 21st century right we are living in the 21st century we can borrow rely upon our ancient wisdom but we are living in the 21st century where technology has brought about such tectonic shift in the way we communicate you are in mumbai abhas ji is in bangalore i am in sitting in new york and we are communicating live at the same time so the real world is different and what we find is that there is amazing relevance of our past teachings in the current time so the one thing which comes to my mind as a corporate person for a very long time is that you have to play the game better right we have to play the corporate game or the rules of the game better than anybody else right it is same bat and ball that we bat field and the bowling that happens in cricket or basketball there is one basket that everybody rotates around with but you have to play better to win now that's what my thought process is this is a conversation it's not a one time conversation we will have it many more times because that narrative must reach everybody so 
Where do we begin to reflect within? Where do we need to get better to play the game better? Okay, um, I'll try and combine uh, what you asked uh, Abhar also about the caste system. So I think we, we should yes. begin from there as well. Uh, first of all, we must know, tell, propagate, and, and you know, however you want to communicate, please communicate this. The word caste itself doesn't belong to us. It comes from a Portuguese word called casta. Also, we didn't have a concept of caste system, which is which as what is being blamed on us as we are the caste privileged, caste oppressor, etc., etc., etc. Sorry, I'm taking a little. I'm diverting a little from your question. Uh, but we had the system of uh, it was a social system uh, where one caste was was determined if for if we have to call caste you know, is by your work by your karma. And there are numerous examples when a Kshatriya became uh, a, a Maharshi, a Maharshi became a rule, uh, sorry, Brahmins don't have it. And the Sudra became a, a ruler, uh, uh, a Yadav became a ruler as well. And then there was also the Sudra also was, was elevated because of his karma. There's been, there's a lot of examples of it. So first we should, we must know that this caste system and this entire propaganda or conspiracy that to call us as a caste privileged society or a casteist society is entirely a, a tool of colonizing our mind and breaking our morale and also like I said earlier as well teaching our children self-hate that is very very important to understand so i'm not going too much into details of what the examples and all of it because that will take a lot of time but i think yes. it's important to mention that uh, and in the similar thread you or you we all it is also important to call out the propaganda a million dollar business which is now today as bra smashing brahmical patriarchy and fabricating stories on the name of the brahmins where the reality is otherwise. So we must call out these things very, very clearly and in the loudest possible ways. And it's an irony, Vivutiji, when uh, these things are being spoken about, where the Jack Dorsey also stands with a placard saying that smash Brahmical Patriarchy. I'm not very sure how much he knows about the Brahmical system at all, but he stands with a placard with the Equality Lab people, uh, you know, why are we going soft on Islamic radicalization? That needs to be, be, be answered. Now, coming back to your question of how do we, how do we play better? I think any, any nation, when it, when it uh, decides to play better or when it decides that it has to, to become the, the powerful nation or wherever, you know, Vishwa Guru or whatever, it has to develop a national consensus. And national consensus will not develop if we only depend upon the government policies and you know, and we depend upon, oh, the because we have elected this government. So this, this it will do all the things that were not done for these many years. I think it starts with us. It starts with each one of us. And uh, like, in, like I, began, I began, it starts with us. First of all, 
wearing that pride again it starts with us by by equipping ourselves with the logics where we can go and answer people who question our ethos it begins it begins with our parents not telling just our children to be uh, economically independent but also culturally rich it begins with our society where we just don't talk about policies and schemes which the government gives to the unprivileged and you know deprived society deprived class but we also form a ecosystem wherein we help each other so that they can uphold their dharma too when we talk about and question people why have why this particular person or this particular village has fully converted why have we not questioned why did one person change its entire belief system entire tradition what they have known done seen till now just with a rice bag why why it has come to that if we can donate for someone and it is very silly but i have seen people asking for donation for their laser treatment of their hair on their their face etc but i have not seen people donating for the small pujaris and pandas when they were dying literally when when lockdown was there these are the questions you know we have to, that's a we very that's a very, very yes internalize that's right that's what i have been talking about that where do we begin the change and i believe i believe that we can't depend on government for all changes it happens with us and one of the and key government things will sorry sorry the government sorry, will do things so, sorry for for cutting government will listen to you if your voices are united if we <laughs> all come together you know to use, today, to, use today, the, to use the economics language if you create a demand then the government will supply the demand and supply of course, supply of of course. <laughs> today we have, we ourselves are becoming a ecosystem and we are saying hey don't question that person don't question that party and don't question this because because uh, there is no, no no better than them yes there are no better than them i also understand that but then you know a good raja was the one whose mantris were good you know vikramadit had ratni in his in his chamber and that's why he was vikramadit right so Amazi, we must question you, must question my favorite word is that we have to begin inquiring we we yes. have to begin demanding reciprocity you know why is it something happening so if somebody tells me you know i i question that i make inquiries there is a way to ask a question and i ask my muslim friends and christian friends that look if you are not free within your own faith don't blame us for that you know that's your your privilege or your right or your choice to exercise but the bigger question comes up again for us you know like we have to become individual that's what bhagavad gita teaches us that's what krishna tells arjun that there is an individual and a collective thing Arjun was the warrior, and then the Pandavas were a team, and the entire, you know, the battle was won by a team with exemplary individual performances in the moment that we are there. But one thing that bothers me, Abhasi, and I want to come to you because you have been, you are a self-declared Marxist also at one time, and that question I want to hear from you from that point of view as well. 
how is it that despite all the knowledge and wisdom that exists in our life and texts and everything, how did we allow this branding of our Werner system to cast? How did we allow the women to be denigrated in the Indian society where Christianity and Islam gives no privilege to women? On the contrary, they are still suffering, looked down upon. Look at what is happening in Afghanistan. I mean, the women have been told to stay at home. How can a country or a society develop if 50% of its population is told to shut down? Tell me about that part of Abhaji. How did we allow that to happen? Why we, we did not See, lose our... Why do we blame that unhone mere saath aisa kiya? Mera sawal hai, humne aisa kyon karne diya? We all three of us are here by choice. Nobody forced you. I invited you, you accepted my invitation, and you are here. You can't blame me for being on the show. You can blame the technology for a screw-up, perhaps, but you can't blame anybody for this entire thing. So why? when will we stop the blame game and take responsibility for everything that has happened to us? That would be a real dismantling of our way, the way we have become, succumbed to everything Firangi, succumbed everything outside. Think about it. It bothers my, me uh, immensely when we I read Gandhi saying that if Muslim comes to kill you, let them kill you. I mean, what kind of a man was he? Who was he speaking for? And if after knowing what we know now, if we don't realign our forces and thinking, who will help us? This is the last question of the day. Then I will have a quiz for both of you. <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, so as far as uh, the social system is concerned, uh, we uh, somehow this has always been used against us in the whatever way the colonialists will wish to do and uh, they and i will not even blame the colonialists because they were out on a mission whether you started from columbus or vasco da gama and you read their text it has always been about the notion to convert more and more people and uh, of course, and every world was society divided into society. When I say that, I all I did hear an argument that it was only the caste system which uh, saved the uh, Indians to not become completely converted. And it, the names were put like the Egypt, the names were put like the Persians. That there were multiple names which were put. And then, but the irony is that people are not aware that even Egypt was divided into the system of the caste and society, uh, the societal differences were there too. Same was with uh, the Persia. How did they convert so easily if uh, it was in play there too, but it didn't resist. So it's a very falsified claim that it was caste which was saving, saving the conversions to, from the conversions to happen. Now, what, how actually British destroyed the whole system? There are two aspects. One aspect is a system being in a place and the other aspect is the fallacies in the system. So any system can become a devil if the fallacies start coming into it. Like even if say, for example, for a moment we assume that there was a caste system, let's assume it as a case A. And if there was no atrocity uh, based on the class struggle, because the class struggle, I always say that uh, Marxism is something which works on an equation, which has a constant, and that constant is a class struggle. The moment you remove that class struggle, that equation fails. And that is how 
that is how all the westerners have always looked it was not only the marx marx was also very highly influenced by the judo christian text not many people would know because his idea was also very much based on the idea of uh, creating the world based on the book of david his own historiography was based on the idea of david so that is how even he was looking the world uh, world as he had no clue about india at all and the westerners all the westerners definitely had no clue about india that what this societal system is and even if what then what happened that they picked across the whatever ideas they they could like our william jones the very famous guy was came to be known as a pundit william jones not many people might be aware about it yeah so uh, he got a, a lot of thing commissioned a lot of works happened and uh, again the whole interpretation started happening based on the ideas propagated by the colonists like the kant and the many others who were the whole idea was the caste was being seen here as the, with the idea of the races and uh, in fact there is no caste as such it was a jati which even panini speaks about and it's a, then he talks about that the it, the jati is something which comes out from a single source so the common source which leads the chain that is jati so a plant species hoga jati hoga and then the same will happen so it can branch out that is how he was looking at it as and then with the time and there's a concept in architecture and urbanism which is called the principle of human settlement by if one studies principle of human settlement one will know that uh, the, the, the jatis were developing um, more and more frequently because of uh, the proximity of the places where the people of similar profession were living in so say for example they the people who are used to wash the clothes so they were eventually living near the rivers nadi ke paas rehte the and that would really so all people will concentrated at their place and there was a there was not much of a, a transfer of uh, the, the what you can say resources so much the wave was not so spread like how today i can have access to any kind of knowledge irrespective of i can learn about metallurgy and the, i can learn about even about the chemistry and i can the multiple things which i can learn just sitting over here and in fact but this was not the case back then so eventually the system was working there as such but there was no such thing called atrocity now and why i say that there was no such thing called atrocity initially i take two very distinct period cases uh one case is from the dharampal's work the great gandhian where he says that you know even in fact in the schools there were more dalits uh, the, the in fact so called uh, dalit is not a very appropriate word but again this is a common lexicon so they, they, they were also into the school and when i quote megasthenes or strabo there saw no slaves in india i am talking about the two distinct phases uh, one is before the great christ was born and and one phase very close to us so a span of around 2000 years now yes but again if i go on to say to someone who has faced the atrocity ki boss there was no atrocity nothing happened against you you know everything was so rosy and everything was so fine then also it will not be so good i have seen the cases in the villages i come from i come from hazaribagh and nearby villages where i have seen that brahmins have been suppressed and so have been the other caste people based on the power power issues of the certain period there are a certain group of people who are very predominant in certain villages usko basti bulate hain we call it basti and then the atrocity will be more be, more be the power power center it will not be just because 
you know you come from a certain caste so that is how it's going to be a certain caste has got certain power that's why he will you know and that mentality perhaps i see that just 